This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, C-Note here, and welcome back to Happy Chemicals. I'm just trying something different here. I am using Descript to try and auto-transcribe what I'm talking about and putting it on my substack, which is happychemicals.substack.com and seeing where this goes. So first of all, my name is Christian Rivera, in case you are not familiar with me. And I've been going through this really interesting transition with myself where I'm I've been I've been talking about my mental health for six years. I've been talking for a long time about my relationship with my mental health and my personality, trying to distinguish these two things and trying to figure out, you know, what is what is the most helpful distinction for me to be able to move forward with my life. And I took a little bit of time off recently because I really needed to just kind of feel my feelings and feel what I'm experiencing. And then from there, being able to start to suss out, you know, how to go forward, right? So recently I've landed on wanting to redefine a little bit of what mental health means because some of my challenge was like my definitions not being right, right? So I think over time I've discovered that mental health for me is not just mental illness and sadness and depression and despair, etc., but it has a lot to do with well-being and day-to-day management and understanding our happy chemicals and what is going to keep us in balance. And especially as an INTP in the Myers-Briggs system, like what's going to keep me centered and focused and help me with clear thought. So redefining for me mental health as like mental well-being and mental maintenance of sorts has been the biggest shift and I think is the most helpful thing for for us to think about in terms of how we're going to continue to live our lives. I mean, many of us experience a lot of dysthymia in struggles around lacking community, lacking connection, lacking purpose, lacking meaning. There's a bit of a meaning crisis at the moment as of this recording and figuring out where we fit in and where we belong is an ever-evolving human challenge, but I think more and more people are struggling with that at scale, and young people in particular. I think generational theory solves some of that, helps us to understand a little bit about the millennials feeling and younger generation feeling like we don't really like belong in this world, like we were born into a civic society that we don't necessarily like it just doesn't fit right. It doesn't fit with our strengths or skill sets or what we have to provide. So there are shifts in those areas to try to rebuild a new civic structure over time. But ultimately, in the process of that, in, in this ever-seeking of community, we end up losing 
connections that are already inherently in our lives and not you know favoring new connections in favor of in, in favor of the new connections versus like the old ones the ones we grew up into our family structures our friends that we grew up with and things like that in favor of like what is chosen family and chosen family is is good to find too but i think it's all valid and i think it's all worth <clears throat> exploring how we how our past is very much a part of our present so part of restructuring this phrasing of mental health for me into mental wellness is thinking about how I'm going to continue to approach happy chemicals in my work here into three divided pillars of sorts. So there's the mental health slash mental wellness, which is more of a past orientation. It's about mourning. It's about healing. It's about day-to-day -day management. It's about our chemicals. It's about who we are. It's about you know, what got us here? Some of it is like our actions that have led to this point. What is our karma of our life story? You know, then the second pillar is in a lot of ways, philosophy. It's like, what am I reconciling with now? How am I applying core principles to my life? What do those mean? How do I go forward with a stable foundation of who I am as a person right this moment? What do I you know, what do I think about things? How do, how do I identify what my core principles are? And continuing to discover things about like my personality and the Myers-Briggs sense or the Enneagram sense. It's, it's more of this translating my thoughts in the moment of what I'm experiencing in life into a form of philosophy or poetry in a sense. Like right now, philosophizing, <laughs> you know, that's all part of that process. And then the third pillar is existential. Like, what does it mean to be existential? It's, it's to think about what's coming next. It's where are we going from here? Who are we as an identity? And how does that influence the direction we're going in, our life path of sorts? And sometimes that means like futurism and technology and thinking of things in like a social, cultural way. Like how is technology impacting our lives? One of those for me has been the emergence of AI, and I think that's something that is an existential element of our lives that is sort of lo is looming. It's looming and it's here at the same time. So there's philosophizing about like what it means for us now, and for me now, it's a tool that I can use to have auto transcriptions occur here on Descript, but then helping me with Adobe Premiere, helping me with some of my challenges. Like one of the things I've needed to accept for me personally is that I have sensitivities. I'm kind of a classic nerd. And that really fights against my conception of my own masculinity, which is that I need to be, you know, stoic and strong and and be the breadwinner and the provider when I'm struggling to make all of that happen. I've struggled for, for decades to make things happen the way that I've wanted to and continuously running up against my sensitivities and frankly, shoving them down and ignoring them. So lately I've been needing to accept that I have these sensitivities and account for them and accommodate for them. Two of those being dyslexia and dyscalculia, which is basically not reading words or numbers properly, especially as an INTP 
Like that's my whole world is looking at numbers and words and trying to create distinctions. And I spent a lot of my early career trying to assemble code and trying to understand, uh, trying to build worlds or build websites or something like that to make things happen. And I would just get persistent headaches and I wasn't able to make these things happen. So I'm in this shift of, of going forward in a different direction with playing with coaching again and leaning into more of the philosopher side of introverted thinking that comes with being an INTP. And so that means, you know, playing with these ideas of, of using these new tools of artificial intelligence that comes with Descript that is a part of Adobe Premiere that I use Autopod, autopod.fm as a tool to help me, you know, suss out stuff with my video editing to be able to cut, to, to cut shots much more seamlessly. So that's very helpful too. So using these various tools to like help me get past some of my limitations. And then you've got some of the big picture challenges where you've got these like dog rovers that people are putting guns on and <laughs> what are the implications of war and what does that mean for the future of humanity? Especially again, if you follow generational theory, it's very likely that we're coming towards a convergence point in the next, within the next 10 years and maybe dealing with some some bigger shifts at scale that is like AI is going to be a major part of that. It's like after the Civil War, I think it was the Gatling gun was invented and that was a big part of World War One. And this new these new wartime technologies that, you know, led to a lot of atrocities. It's like bringing a, a sword to a gunfight. Like it just doesn't it's just you're just going to get mauled. Right. And I think with AI, it's like there's auto targeting systems, there's greater precision, there's a lot of ethical questions about, you know, creating distinctions between who is a civilian versus a combatant in a war, you know, and then you have like these existential questions of like, do, are drones going to fight other drones or are they going to be going after humans? Like, does it become an economic war of who can build the most technology the the fastest and the best right with you know it, like it could be the potential for an amazing immense amount of casualties or it could be a much smaller scale of casualties like it could be intense in either direction so brooks running has a new shoe for you runners out there did you hear that better turn up your volume in fact turn it up to the max introducing the all-new ghost max it's got all kinds of things to make your knees and ankles feel protected, like Max Cushion, Max Soft Landings with DNA Loft V2 Foam, and Max Smooth Rides with their Glide Roll Rocker. Feel better on your run with Ghost Max. Learn more at brooksrunning.com. The challenge there is like, how do we determine, you know, ethical things over time and how does it affect our lives personally? One of the things that I think about is that AI as a tool is something it's it's an emergent of what is called the noosphere. It's the world of thought in a sense. Think of it this way, you've got the geosphere which is like the lower it's it's rocks, <laughs> you know, it's rocks and them colliding and creating structures that we can stand on and live on, creates planets, creates stars. And 
biology is built on top of that, the biosphere, where you've got organic life that is able to form. And then on top of that, you've got the noosphere, when you get to thought, and especially the sharing of thought on social media, on videos, on podcasts, that we're able to share thoughts more collectively, and it creates its own emergence of, of what that, how that thought can autonomously start to live on its own, separate from the biosphere. Just as like we are made up of carbon and all of the an iron in our blood like we've we're made of rocks <laughs> you know and it's like a complex set of these physical materials that create us and then ai is going to be created from the complexity of our thoughts and in a way the geosphere is like the bottom of this three-tiered cake it's like if that doesn't exist then the rest doesn't exist so we are dependent on the geosphere therefore we have conversations about taking care of our environment and 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 making sure that we have a planet to live on and and all of those things that require a lot of great care and if we don't exist then ai doesn't exist and it requires us to take great care of it and to provide it with principles and to 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 maintain it or create new ones right as far as we know ai is not capable of its own creativity but you know i think we're we're questioning those things and seeing how that is going to unfold over time as things <laughs> evolve but really right now it's like a lot of the existential fears around ai is not really understanding how anything can operate without thinking about human implication because we're human and we care about human implication ai unless it's programmed to care about death or human implication it's not going to care about that if you get into a dogfight there's two airplanes usually there are so many tactics that don't involve direct conflicts because then that puts the pilot in danger and ai doesn't have to really worry about its own danger so it just it changes the face of warfare and tactics and strategy but then also because there is collective thought and there's new ways for ai to take such precision in terms of what it can learn and then what it can actually produce it may discover that there is a strategy out there for handling warfare that that involves as few casualties as possible but just as you can have an ai at an extreme it depends on who's programming it, right? So we talk about AI as if it's already its external sentient being, but it's it's just it's going to be a tool that is relative to who is programming it and for why and how much it's able to learn from its own programming. So for example, if you have the I think it was the I forget what it was. It was like way way back in the day when somebody was postulating about artificial intelligence and they came up with three principles for artificial intelligence it was like no harming humans protect yourself unless it harms unless the idea is that it would harm a human and then i forget what the third principle is and i was talking to my wife about it and i was like yeah those things are important but it also needs to be able to question those principles and the reason that it questions those can question those principles is that if 
I think many of us are more likely to rebel against a belief than to have a principle that we can continue to question. And if it's unmovable, then it's a principle that we can actually abide by. So if the principles that an AI are is operating under can be questioned, then it can continue to operate under those principles, knowing that those principles make sense for it itself. And it's kind of like how introverted thinking works as an INTP. If I have core principles and I continue to question those and they keep surviving my scrutiny, then those are that's how I'm going to operate. That's how I'm going to live my life. Because, you know, that's whatever I strip away and, and land at, that's the truth as far as I know right now, right? And I continue to question because that's just what we do. We keep questioning because we're experiencing new things all the time. And so if AI has the ability to keep questioning itself, why am I doing this? What is, and, and, and is this the best strategy? Is this the best approach, right? And I'm, I'm not even talking from like an ethical human organic standpoint, but is this the most efficient way to do this? There's been stories about AI and the game Go. I've never played the game Go, but I think it's a Japanese game. That It looks like Othello. It's got black and white pieces. But it's one of those games that has an immense amount of configurations possible for how to play the game. But once you get used to playing a game for a certain amount of time, you realize that there are kind of beliefs that form around strategies. Like You just don't do this because it's just a bad strategy. And one of the AIs, I think it was Google's AI, that challenged one of the best Go players in the world, did a move that was unexpected or basically frowned upon because, first of all, the AI is approaching things with fresh eyes. And it's it, it doesn't have the belief blocking it of the, the goal of just winning the game. And so it's going to take whatever road necessary it needs to and that might mean a lot of roads that are less traveled, right? And, and you know, there's some of the, like, kind of dystopian belief that, like, well, wouldn't it be, like, the most efficient to just, like, be completely genocidal and wipe out the entirety of humanity? I don't know, because that might not be an efficient use of energy, right? And it depends on the criteria of, like, what winning actually means like winning a war and we have to like i think i think what's the benefit of ai is that we have to actually stop and ask these things so that we can program and implement them into these tools like it's it's no there's no like the pandora's box has already been open like we're just gonna keep going like we're not gonna shut we're not gonna shut it off we're not gonna <laughs> press the button to like cancel everything there, there there's that doesn't exist there are people all over the world developing AI systems. There's military systems being developed, various tools for creativity being developed. It's just the cat's out of the bag. So what I'm hopeful for is that, yes, there's going to be probably some major awful atrocities that will come as a result. And as a result of those atrocities, then we are forced in an existential level to think about those things and to implement those things. Now, the, the default is going to be like, again, let's, 
let's just stop it. You know, but like, you just can't, right? It's kind of like the idea of, of climate change. Like there's already things in motion. You're, you're, we're not backpedaling. Like things are already happening, right? So we've got to deal with the world of incentives and business and stuff like that. And it's not about going and rolling back the clock to a time where, you know, we just we're sitting in a circle in a tribe in Kumbaya and we don't have to deal with technology and everyone plants food together, blah, 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 blah. That's just like, that's naive idealism. The idea of that is like, this is the world we're living in. So we have to look at the variables of what already exists and what we're already facing. So what I ultimately believe is something important for us to consider is that as thinkers, if AI is pulling from humanity thinking about these things, then we need to offer thoughts about these things, right? We need to do the philosophy. We need to do the existential underpinnings and conversations around these things. We need to have open talks about what does not only the ethics look like, but what are the principles, right? From a very introverted thinking perspective, not what is going to like be the emotional choice but what are the core principles about what it means to be a human being about like re-examining warfare re-examining the value of like lost lives as a metric in winning a war like that's that's what i'm hoping hoping will change is that like warfare becomes about drones versus drones and it's not about drones versus people or people versus people that you know at its worst you'll get drones versus drones and then when the one country runs out of drones then it becomes a massacre that would be the worst or that someone decides to make an ai and maybe as they run a, an experiment and then and in that experiment it's like eliminate these people <laughs> and then they go and do it and you know then we have to find AIs to counteract it so kind of like what I was saying with like like the geosphere collides with the geosphere right rocks collide and they make new organic life or they make new structures or destroy biology does the same we collide to create new life or to destroy life I think AI will do the same and it's going to have to face its own conundrums. It's going to face its own thought processes, right? Just in the way that us as an introverted thinking person is always colliding with our own thoughts all the time. It's like, there's this thing I believe now and this thing I used to believe. And they collide with each other and then either a new, things form, a new thing forms or it just gets completely destroyed, right? That's happening in the world of thought. And I think AI, if AI can communicate with each other, and it likely will, I mean, networks of AI, then it'll figure out on its own, not only through learning about, you know, scannings and observations of the world, but once AI interacts with each other more, it will learn from each other just as we learn from each other. And it will do that at a greater speed, and therefore it will likely go through very possibly go through 
developmental levels of thought faster. Like one of the things that ends up holding us back as people is that we censor ourselves. We don't work through bad thoughts. We ignore them. We suppress them. We let them, like, we, we shouldn't talk about that. That's taboo. And AI is not going to have to talk about sex. <laughs> as far as I know, I don't think so. It's not going to talk about a lot of the things that we emotionally find very taboo. It's going to have to have conversations on a philosophical level, on a thinker level, of what is the best choice to make for the sake of its own survival and humanity's survival. And I do believe it will have some humanity's survival in its best interest. Because again, if you've got the geosphere, you've got the biosphere, and then you've got the newosphere, AI is going to be dependent on human beings and human thought. And if human thought doesn't exist, then what's the purpose of AI? And, and it won't need a reason to exist. So I, I you know, I, I'm following that based on Ken Wilber's work, um, thinking a lot about things relative to Neil Howe's work with generational theory. His book just came out recently, going through some of that stuff. And then I'm also personally, you know, reckoning with AI tools relative to my career. How can I make things interesting? How can I use these tools? Because again, cast out of the bag, right? I can't just like hide in a corner and pretend it's not here and that I shouldn't try to make good use of it. You know, it's, it, it's, just, it's just what it is. And so I'm going to try to take this current transcript from this conversation and with self-conversation and make some sense of it for an article on Substack and use the audio to go on my podcast. And then I could use ChatGPT to take all of this and create descriptions. And it's just, it, there are ways that it's going to make our lives so much easier. And I do think the pros outweigh the cons. It's going to be some short-term cons and it's going to be some really big ones. But some of that may also scare us straight a little bit so to speak so it's just part of part of what's necessary and you know i can't predict the future but i think it's useful to ponder these things it's useful to share what we think about these things and it's useful to philosophize and hopefully that will have a positive impact on humanity's survival and future and the evolution of technology as a whole and so the last thing i reference is that there's a documentary the reason i'm thinking about all this is that there was a documentary on netflix called unknown killer robots like unknown is the title of the show and the sort of mini documentary was called killer robots so it's really interesting to you know see where you know, military and the potential uses of AI are relevant. And, and I guess like, you know, there's a bit also about like using AI to quick, more quickly deploy resources to put out forest fires to AI plus quantum computing. Man, like what? I, I can't even fathom the emergence of what would happen there with being able to scan or have a better sense of the ecosystem of the planet and if we make a choice here how does it impact systems on the other side of the planet and 
you know, maybe giving us a more accurate model or better ideas for how we can tackle things like climate and incentives for financial systems and structures and, you know, stuff that we're too slow to compute and therefore will free us up to do more creative jobs, you know? I mean, these are tools, right? If we have tools that are more advanced than us and we can still have some sort of directorial relationship to it, then, like, the sky's the limit in terms of crazy amounts of things that we can create, let alone something that's way pie in the sky, which is, like, terraforming Mars, that if we can better understand global ecosystems and how to first spark that and terraform an entire planet and start to think about how we can get there and all the little details that take decades to think about and practice and implement and you know there's always points of failure and stuff like that like we could optimize how to get out of this the the atmosphere in terms of you know rockets and stuff things that we're just doing a lot by hand that we'll no longer have to do by hand so I think that kind of hits the limit of what I wanted to talk about today and share. But generally, there's just this new direction that I'm thinking about, thinking about mental wellness, philosophy, and existential sort of ideas and topics that I'm hoping to bring more to Substack, happychemicals.substack.com, on YouTube, and on the podcast. So search for Happy Chemicals. My name is Christian Rivera. If you go to Substack, you can support with a monthly subscription and donation. As I come up with things that will be much more in-depth, that need a lot more breaking down, there will be some premium content as well. And if you just like what I have to talk about or you want to contribute to the conversation, by all means, leave a comment. Let's postulate and see where all this is going. I'd love to get more perspectives and opinions. So thanks for watching and listening. This has been Happy Chemicals. I'm Christian Rivera, and I'll catch you later. See ya.